Thanks for being with us here on The Takeaway Today. I'm Todd Zwillick. This week and next week, we're looking at the future of the political parties in America. This week, it's the Democrats. And yesterday, I sat down with Vermont Independent Senator Bernie Sanders, who isn't a Democrat, but nevertheless is having a huge impact on the Democratic Party. Well, today we go to a new face in progressive politics, Andrea Jenkins. Jenkins was elected to the Minneapolis City Council earlier this month, and when she won, she became the country's first openly transgender African-American woman elected to public office. Jenkins ran under the Democratic banner. In Minnesota, they're called the Democratic Farm and Labor Party, or DFL, but in reality, she's an independent. Jenkins was also endorsed by Our Revolution. That's the political organization spun out of Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign. Well, Jenkins coasted to victory in the 8th Ward of Minneapolis with 70% of the vote, and she got national attention when she did it. I talked with Andrea Jenkins about the face of the Democratic Party and how she thinks that face needs to change to broaden Democrats' appeal. From day one in our campaign, you know, I talked to my team. It's like, yes, we must get me elected. Like, that is our primary and ultimate goal. But we want to build for 2018. We want to build for 2020. We want to build, you know, political operatives and, and give young people the opportunity to learn some of these positions and develop those skills that are going to help them engage in electoral politics in the future. 2018 is critical. We must win back House seats. We must win back congressional seats. And we absolutely must win on the local level, too. Uh, Andrea Jenkins, I, I should ask, you were backed by our revolution, uh, the political arm, uh, what came out of the Sanders campaign. Are you a Democrat? Well, you know, this is how I answer that question, Todd. I received the DFL endorsement, which is the the Democratic Party here in the state of Minnesota. I have voted Democratic in many elections, but I also have voted for Green Party candidates and independent candidates. So I consider myself an independent, but very much in line with the goals of the Democratic Party and have supported and will continue to support Democratic candidates in the future if they are the right candidates. I vote for the person, not the party. Now, see, this is a tough one, and you see where I'm going with this. We talked to Bernie Sanders at the start of our series on the future of the Democratic Party. And Andrea Jenkins, the reaction I got on Twitter from Democrats, why are you talking to Bernie Sanders about the future of the Democratic Party? He's not a Democrat. That's disregarding the obvious influence that he's having on the party. You're an example of that influence, uh, but the question is the same. Why should people be talking to you about the future of the Democratic Party if you're not a Democrat? <laughs> wow. Well, I absolutely uphold the values of the Democratic Party because they are my values. You know, I think there are some challenges and some issues that we need to face um, and really address in terms of building this broadest tent that we can and making sure that all voices are heard and are a part of the process. And so I think people have to understand that just because folks don't wear the label doesn't mean that they don't uphold the the values of the Democratic Party. You said there are a lot of problems in the Democratic Party. Let's diagnose. What are they? Well, I think we are witnessing sexism, (laughs) 
uh, as a as a challenge in the Democratic Party, as well as racism. Those issues are not being elevated to the level of conversation that I think they should be in terms of electoral politics. There's this big sort of debate about who should be the target of democratic efforts. I feel like the people who have been showing up consistently in majority numbers for the Democratic Party have been black women. And that needs to be centered and elevated to a level of leadership. And when that happens, I will absolutely proudly wear a D. We'll talk about what it takes to get those women to those positions. Well, I think we need to provide training for those women on how to run for political office. And then once we get them to that point, we have to vote for them. We have to support them with our actions. And it's it's been quite interesting to me, and I'm going to delve into some really <laughs> deep water here, but, you know, there's been a huge mantra, and rightfully so, listen to women. Me too, hashtag me too. I want to say, listen to black women. Black women voted overwhelmingly 93% for Senator Clinton to become the first woman president. And a majority of white women either stayed home or or voted for uh, number 45. That has to end. Black women have been on the receiving end of all the oppressions of racism, of sexism, of wage discrimination. We didn't listen to Anita Hill when she was saying that, you know, this sexism was an issue. So, you know, I think we really have to begin to uplift and center the voices of the most marginalized people in our communities. And when that happens, I believe that we all benefit and grow. There's a tough question embedded at the center of what you're arguing for, Andrea Jenkins. Um, A lot of Democrats say that for a candidate like you to compete on a national level, let's say economics, wages, kitchen table issues, absolutely. But a lot of those same Democrats warn that a Democratic Party too heavily identified with social causes, with gender issues, LGBTQ rights, um, is going to turn off a lot of traditional voters when you get to a general election. Uh, Politics can be kind of a cold calculating game. Is that a danger? Well, I I think it's only a danger if that is the only issue that you are addressing. I look at all of those things in a intersectional context. We can't have economic fairness if we still have sexism and racism and homophobia and transphobia. Those things have to be addressed in order to have the broadest impact on affordable housing, on access to affordable health care, access to living wage jobs. That was kind of my own concern with, with the Sanders campaign is that it talked about those sort of bread and butter issues as you framed it, but it, it left out all of the activism around LGBT rights, around 
dismantling racism, dismantling sexism. And as we can see, just by turning on any news outlet, those issues are not going away. They are front and center. And in fact, they are intensifying. Let's talk about those things at the top of the party right now, Andrea Jenkins. A lot of Democrats were angered over the weekend when Nancy Pelosi, the House Democratic leader, went on television and chose not to condemn Congressman John Conyers from Detroit, accused by several women of sexual harassment. She chose not to call for his ouster. She chose not to condemn him. He since stepped down from his leadership post on the Judiciary Committee. How did you interpret Nancy Pelosi's choice there? Well, you know, I thought that it was to let the ethics investigation take place and then deal with the outcomes of that. I I think we have to investigate every accusation individually. We can't just take the accusation and declare the person guilty without having some formal process. In my mind, that is antithetical to justice. But can the Democratic Party maintain its high ground, its ownership of equality issues for women if members of Congress like John Conyers, if senators like Al Franken from your own state of Minnesota uh, don't resign? A lot of Democrats have said these men need to go for the good of the party and for the good of the party's message when it comes to women and the treatment of women. Okay, that is a very, very, very big question. It's shocking to me that just one year ago, we elected a president who says, grab them by the genitals. You know, you can do it when you're a star. 53% of white women went out and voted for this guy. Less than nine months later, then we have all of this Me Too stuff. And you absolutely know many of those women who are stating that they have been harassed voted for him. So we're in sort of an existential crisis in our country. Absolutely, we need to hold people accountable for their actions, particularly when it comes to harassment, abuse. But I don't think that we absolutely just rush to judgment in every single case. We have to look at the issues fully. And that is, in my opinion, how you maintain a moral high ground is that you give everybody a fair investigation into the allegations. And if they prove to be wrong or malicious and harmful, then they need to be addressed at that time. And absolutely, if that's the issue with Congressman Conyers, who I have deep respect for, Senator Al Franken, whom I I have great respect for. If they are found to be guilty of these allegations, absolutely they should step down. Well, Andrea Jenkins, it took many, many years for the Democratic Party to get hollowed out on the local level. Uh, People say that you're part of the recovery now. I guess we'll see if that's true. When you look at the profile of the Democratic Party, the people on the councils in the offices of the Democratic Party, or even the candidates, what should the party look like in 2020? It should look multi-issue, multi-racial, multi-gender. I would love to see folks in office like myself who have been endorsed by our revolution 
which I'm deeply proud of, and the DFL, which I am deeply proud of, we have to begin to build bridges between those two, um, I hesitate to use the word factions, um, (laughs) but that's probably the most accurate description I can come up with at the moment, and bring those two groups together, those two actually really powerful forces Um, Our revolution really did a tremendous job at engaging younger people who had not been sort of actively engaged in electoral politics. They had been engaged in sort of activism and Black Lives Matters and bringing them into the political process, which is amazing. And we have to build a bridge across those two factions. You know, if those bridges are built, Andrea Jenkins, uh, between the Our Revolution faction, the progressives, the women of color, the transgender women, all of those different factions that you talk about, and the traditional Democrats, who many of them are people of color too, we, we can't simplify it that much. The warning, as you know, is that you can do that if you want. You can pull the party to the left and you can turn around and turn off a lot of moderate white Democrats in places like Pennsylvania and Ohio. I can't say yes or no that that would happen. I do know that when we can achieve fairness and equity and equality for the marginalized people in our culture and society, and if that means pulling us to the left, then, you know, I know that when that happens, everybody benefits That's the key to my political life is to try and help improve people's lives. That's the work that I think myself and all politicians should be pursuing. That doesn't leave people out. That brings everybody together. Andrea Jenkins is a city council member-elect from Ward 8 on the Minneapolis City Council and the first African-American openly transgender woman elected to public office in the United States. Ms. Jenkins, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Todd. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.